You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Amen. What a blessing. All right. The next three weeks, we're going to be looking at that little phrase, God with us. God with us. What an amazing thing that God would ever consider being with us. You know, have you ever, have you ever just thought about some of the relationships that you have and the blessings that we have? I mean, the friends that I have, I'm thankful for them. And, and it's just, it's amazing how God brings people into your life. And, and it's just a blessing to think how, how, how good God is and how he brings different people into your life and uh, just the, the friendships and family. And uh, we were, uh, Miss Brown and I were watching, a, I think it was a Hallmark or something, and, uh, and with, with it, it was going through and just sort of showing some of the brokenness of some homes and, and the hurt that people go through, especially this time of the year uh, as they are uh, thinking about what other people have during the holiday season. And, and you know, there, is, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of people that, that have a lot of hurts. But when we stop and just think about all of the blessings, all of the blessings of what we do have and how good God has been to us. And then to think that God himself, not only has he given us friends and family and brought people into our lives that love us and care about us, but that God would be with us. God with us. And so here we're going to uh, the next three weeks, just looking at that little phrase, that'll be the title of the, the series. And then uh, this morning, uh, we are going to be looking at the promise of God with us. And so here in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 23, uh, the Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us us. You know, by faith, we trust that the Messiah is. When we look at the Old Testament and all of the prophecies saying that there was going to be a Messiah, uh, even when Jesus came and the announcement of the Messiah coming, nobody was surprised about that because they believed that there was going to be a Messiah. It wasn't if there would be a Messiah, it was when there would be a Messiah. And so what the difference was and where the, uh, where the problems came in was, was not if there would be a Messiah, but who would be the Messiah. And of course, uh, Israel had, uh, as a whole, had rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And God, in His grace, and in his mercy, he turned to the Gentiles. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? What a blessing. And God is going to again uh, turn his attention back to the nation of Israel. But right now, his focus is on the Gentile nations. Uh, until the fullness 
of the Gentiles become in. And that is referring to the salvation uh, of those who are outside the commonwealth of Israel, outside the Hebrew people, the nation of Israel. And, and so here when we think about this uh, promise that God was going to be with us, uh, there were, there were nobody, nobody was contesting the fact that there was going to be a Messiah. The, the contesting came up on whether or not the Lord Jesus was the one who fulfilled those prophecies and was he that Messiah. Now, what a blessing. Uh, we are here this morning because we believe that he is the Messiah. He is the one who fulfilled all of those uh, Old Testament prophecies uh, concerning his coming and uh, but the Lord is not accepted uh, by all as that one. Uh, but when we stop and think about it, is it merely just baseless faith that we have in who Jesus is, or is our faith substantiated? Is it just because we were told that He is the Messiah, and just by faith we embrace that? Or has our faith been built up and strengthened to the, to the fact that we, we believe why he is that Messiah? You know, salvation is an act of faith. Amen? It's an act of faith. Uh, the Bible is very clear about that. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Uh, so, so we know here that salvation is by faith. And it doesn't even take a great deal of faith to be saved. Uh, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 10, verse 15, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So the faith of a little child is enough faith to be saved. Isn't that a blessing? Sometimes as adults, when kids start coming to a place where they want to accept the Lord, oftentimes it's the adults that think they're not ready. They don't understand. But Jesus said, except you come as a little child. What is that saying? The little child has enough faith to be saved. And we who are older, it's harder for us to uh, have faith because we have been, uh, our minds have been clouded by all of the skepticism in life and uh, just the uh, antagonism maybe uh, of different uh, views. Uh, but God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Uh, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, to you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
uh, that uh, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And so what is that? Jesus, our faith in Jesus, who is the Messiah, that brings salvation. Are you saved this morning? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died, you're going to go to heaven? I mean, that right there, it all comes down to faith. But it's not just faith that God exists. It's faith in the one who God promised was going to come and his sacrifice for our sins. It is faith in Christ and his gift of salvation. Faith in him uh, that is going to bring salvation. But this God that, that, was, that promised salvation, he is with us. God with us. Just an amazing thought. It wasn't just that God is with us when Jesus was born. His being with us did not end with the crucifixion. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. There isn't an end to the meaning of that name. And there isn't an end to the one who bears that name. And so here we look at this and uh, we, we think about God with us. Now, couldn't anybody have chosen to say, I'm the Messiah? And you know what? There are a lot of people who have made those claims. Just, uh, I was, was thinking about that the other day, and I did a, a Google search on people that claim to be the Messiah. It is a long list. It's a long list that Google knows about, uh, not counting the ones that Google doesn't know about. And so, I mean, here's this long list of people that claim to be the Messiah. But there was something about it. It wasn't just the claim of being the Messiah. There were things that made it uh, relative or made it to be true or made it to be false. And for a prophet, a prophet had to not only foretell, but a prophet was only determined to be a true prophet if what he foretold came true. There were many false prophets. We see them in the Word of God where there were false prophets. And, and their false prophets, there were conditions to be considered a true prophet. And the Bible tells us clearly that what they say had to come to pass if they were a prophet. And so for the Messiah to be the Messiah, it was not just his proclamation that he was the Messiah, though that's what he did when he was talking to the woman at the well. He said, I that speaketh unto thee am he. So she, he was saying, I am that Messiah. I am the one that uh, the, the uh, prophets had foretold of. But it was more than just his testimony. It was the testimony of all the prophets that had prophesied for, and for them all to come to fruition. See, there was a promise that was tied up 
of Emmanuel, God being with us. There were prophesies. Uh, God, God had prophesied. He had given his, his prophets the, uh, the words uh, uh, that they, they would pen, uh, that they would say uh, to show that the Messiah was going to come. And, and some scholars believe that there are between 200 and 300 prophetical references to the Messiah. Uh, and uh, with that, of course, some of them are disputed. Uh, but uh, with that, uh, when I look at one of the uh, Homan Illustrated Bible Dictionaries, it lists out 121 fulfilled prophecies, major prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not talking about disputed uh, claims of whether or not that was a prophecy of Christ. We're talking about 121 that are very uh, specific about the, the Savior and 121 Old Testament prophecies uh, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the promise uh, of Emmanuel, God with us, that promise, and all 121 of them being fulfilled in the Messiah. Now, there are still some more prophecies concerning the Savior that have not taken place, uh, but they are prophecies of what is going to happen uh, at the rapture. Those are things that are going to happen at the second coming of Christ, uh, at the, uh, the great white throne. There are, there are things that we are going to see that will come in future, but so far, just referencing the coming of the Savior, 121 fulfilled messianic prophecies. Uh, so, so with that, you think, man, that's an amazing amount of things to come to pass for, for us to be able to dial in whether or not he truly was the Messiah. Now, there was a man by the name of uh, Stoner, Peter Stoner, uh, and a scientist and a, a professor, and he went through with his students, and he had 600 students working on this project with him to go through and just to run the calculations of what the percentages or the odds would be of one person fulfilling these prophecies. But 121 prophecies were way too many to be able to run the numbers on. To be able to, to figure out, and this was a multi-year uh, process uh, to get this study done. And they said that they limited not to, uh, to the 121, not, or not to the 300, not to the 121, not to Josh McDowell's 61, uh, not to uh, just a, 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 you know, maybe 20 uh, of the prophecies that were very clear. They went down to eight prophecies. And when they did the numbers on eight prophecies, it came down to 100 quadrillion to one that one person would fulfill all of those prophecies. And that was only eight. So you start thinking through uh, the, the, uh, the, some of these thought processes about who the Savior was and how, how much 
faith we should have in him, uh, that, that he is uh, the, the Messiah. Uh, so that 100 quadrillion to one, uh, it, was, it was just a, an amazing, uh, so it was 100 to the 17th power. That's, that is just amazing to think. And so this, uh, this uh, prophet or this, uh, this study uh, was, was so big, he was trying to figure out how can I make it relevant so people can understand. Because we can't grasp a million, let alone a billion or a quadrillion. So what they, did you hear that woodpecker? All right, okay. Uh, but, uh, so I just figured I'd point it out too so we all know that it's there. Okay, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, here we have this 100 quadrillion. So he decided, I'm gonna try to just bring it down to a number where everybody could get a little bit of an idea. And so he said if he took 10 to the 17th power, not 100, but 10 to the 17th power, and then for every uh, one, he got a silver dollar. He said if he took 100 to the 17th power, he said you could take silver dollars and you could lay it out and cover the entire state of Texas. The entire state of Texas, two feet deep. That's at, one, that's at 10 to the 17th power. He said if the odds were only 10 to the 17th power, you could take one of those dollars and write on it with a permanent marker and mix all of those silver dollars up and take one individual and blindfold them and put them uh, and tell them they could go anywhere they wanted in the state of Texas, but they had one chance to pull and find that one silver dollar. Would they be able to find it? Absolutely not. And we think about that and the, the amount of prophecies that the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that he had to fulfill and how it just eliminated so many people uh, throughout uh, history and he being the only one that could fill, fulfill all of those prophecies. Uh, we, have, we have a promise uh, that is a promise that is, uh, and a faith that is very secure that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And so what a, what a blessing that that is. So God with us, this promise, what are some things that we can see about uh, this promise? Number one, we can see his coming. His coming. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, what was promised? His coming was promised. Isn't it amazing that God would, would promise us that he was gonna come? I mean, why does he have to promise who are we that God should owe us a promise? Have you ever had your kids come and say, well, why? Or do you promise? And you're like, I don't need to promise you. I said that this is what I'm going to do. Why do I owe you a promise? I already said I'm going to do this. 
But God gave a promise. He promised that the Savior was going to come. Uh, we can see that in Luke chapter 1. Go there as, as the angel Gabriel comes to Mary. And in this, this event, we see how the Savior uh, was promised. God promised that he was going to send his son. Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26 the Bible says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, hail thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give uh, unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be seen? I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the, the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And here God, uh, through Gabriel, brings a promise that he was going to bring his Son. The very Son of God was going to come into the earth, uh, to this earth. Matthew chapter 1, uh, in our text, we see it again in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not take, uh, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so God has given a promise. We see the first mention of his coming in Genesis chapter three and verse 15, uh, after the fall of man, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heal, talking about the Messiah, the Savior that was going to come, and he was going to overcome Satan and his influence and the impact that he had in this world. You see, God with us, the promise of his coming. God with us, secondly, his conquering. We see his coming, but we also see his conquering. In Matthew 1.21, she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Praise the Lord. Jesus conquered. That's how he set us free from our sins. You see, there was a battle. 
There was a war that was going on. You and I, before salvation, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, the Bible tells us. Uh, I've told you before, on, uh, when I got saved, my parents got saved on Sunday morning and they brought me back to church. They drug me back to church as on a Sunday night. I didn't wanna go, Had uh, we, we fought over it, I lost. Uh, my dad was dad and uh, Pops was, he was the man of the house for sure. And so I ended up going to church and that Sunday night I got saved. After the service was over, we, we drove out and we went down uh, 176th Street and my parents turned into a Kmart parking lot and uh, they pulled over inside this parking lot and my mom and dad were in the front seat and my sister and myself were in the back seat and my mom looks around at me and she says, how do you feel? How do you feel? She got saved Sunday morning. We hadn't been in church. There has not been any teaching, training. Uh, there isn't no knowledge of God and God's, uh, God's word and what takes place at salvation. I said, I'm not sure how I feel, but I feel like something's gone. That weight of sin was gone. Praise the Lord. You see, he's conquering. He conquered his promise, his coming. There was a promise of his coming, but there was a pro promise of his conquering. He shall save his people from their sins. Uh, the devil uh, has always been against life. The thief cometh not but for to steal, uh, to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus conquered the enemies before his birth. Think about all that took place up to the birth of Christ and how Herod uh, wanted to, to know where the Savior was. He heard that the King, the Messiah, was being born and he went out to try to locate him through the way wise men uh, and was, was uh, deceived by them. They didn't fall into his, his trap. And what, what took place, uh, he had all of the little boys from two years old and under killed. You see, there was, Jesus had to conquer the enemy before his birth, at his birth, after his birth, during his life. Jesus conquered that last enemy of death at his resurrection. You see, the promise of his coming, the promise of his conquering, but thirdly, the promise of his caring, his caring. Think about verse 23 of Matthew 1. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That God would care enough to want to be with us. That's pretty amazing. God with us. Now the perspective here has changed. In the Old, the Old Testament, the view was God saying, I am with you. When it comes to the New Testament, now the Savior coming, the people's response is God is with us. It's that relationship. It's personal. It's not just God loves the world. 
God loves me. It's not just that, you know, God cares about everybody. It's God cares about me. God with us. Not just God, for, so, for God so loved the world. Here, it's just God with us. It just brings that to that personal level. And God is with us. Uh, and so God with us. And what a blessing that that is, that we have a God who is caring. He's caring enough to come. He is caring enough to be engaged in our lives. He's caring enough to intermeddle with the affairs of mankind. Uh, we have a God who is not a God of deism, who just created the world and steps back and says, well, we'll just see what happens. No, God cares. He knows what's going on in your life right now. He knows the burdens that you face. He knows the fears that you have. He understands the pressures that you carry. God with us. And here in this day, there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of problems. There are a lot of things that we are dealing with on multiple levels. And there's a lot of fears that people are having. But as a child of God, we're not alone. You remember what the Lord told his disciples? And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I mean, here he, he not only came unto his home, he said, he said, God with us, his very name, the promise of him being with us, he cares. God with us, the promise of his coming, the promise of his conquering, the promise of his caring. Christmas time is a time of celebration for the Savior who came. But it's not just that he came. He cares for you. He cares for you. He knows exactly what burden you're facing right now. He knows the weight. And it's just not an academic knowledge. He cares. God with us. We have an amazing God. And not only does he care, he knows. He knows every detail. He knows the amount of hairs that are on our head, Brother Ron. Or not on our head, one of the two. He knows the ones that are falling out. He knows everything everything about us and he cares and this morning I don't know what it, what it is that's the burden in your life I don't know what it is the weight that you're carrying away that maybe is waking you up in the middle of the night I don't know what it is that's causing you to maybe lose some sleep or to just feel that pressure But I do know that you have a God that loves you. And he cares. He cared enough to come. And what a blessing it is that not only did he come, he came with a mission 
to reach us with his truth. I am so glad that I'm saved. They just sang about his grace. His grace still amazes me. God's goodness to us. Undeserved. And it's all wrapped up in this season that we celebrate called Christmas. It's all tied up just in Christ. In Christ. The promise. Not anybody could meet all of those. It was only one who could meet all those prophecies. And the Savior did it. And our faith is substantiated in Him. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for being so, so good to us. Thank you for being a God who, who not only uh, is all-powerful and all-knowing and all-caring, uh, you're a God who, in your sovereignty, uh, you laid out a plan, a plan of your Son coming to this earth. And Lord, you validated it in so many fronts. And our faith in you is substantiated, and we thank you for that. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, just to sense your presence in our lives. As, as you said, uh, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. Help us to sense your presence. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody's looking around, and you're here this morning, or you're watching online, and, and do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you don't know Christ as your Savior, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of your salvation. The Bible is very clear. He wants us to put our faith in Him. And if you don't know Christ today, let me encourage you to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The pastors are down front, and we will definitely be more than willing to open up the Word of God and share with you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. If you're unsure, let me encourage you to come. If you're here this morning, and maybe you just need to reach out to the Lord and thank Him for His love and His graciousness, that He would care enough to come. Child of God, may we draw closer to him during this season. If you're watching online, there's a number on your screen, 530-290-6444. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, we sure would love to answer any questions that you have about your eternal destiny. And just text heaven to that number. And we will reach out and connect with you and do anything we can to help. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.